Hey, it's America's Supermom. Thank you for joining me on my podcast. This series is the Corona Chronicles. I created this so that we would have an outlet of positivity in the midst of a lot of negativity. You know what I'm talking about. All the news, the fear around this virus, um, how it can affect us, um, what the new normal is looking like, and how so many things have changed that a lot of people feel like um, it is the end of the world, so to speak. So this podcast was created so that those of us who have hope, who are willing to move forward with this new normal and uh, innovate new things that will help us to be creative and positive, that is what this platform is for, for us to come together and share that positivity and that light with those who may need it. So if you're interested in sharing your insight, please reach out because we can never have enough positive news. So sit back and enjoy the show. I want to thank you guys for listening today. I'm really excited about my next guest, Deborah Cunningham. We actually got uh, connected through Facebook, and now we have even deeper connections. We are business partners with Sendow Cards, and we've been on several Zoom calls, and to have not met in person, I feel like I really do know her, <laughs> but uh, I'm excited today because she has a, a wealth of information when it comes to um, giving insight to parents right now during this very challenging time as we kind of still navigate through this pandemic and what this means when uh, schools open or are they not going to open, so many uh, unanswered variables. Uh, this is a great conversation to kind of give us some insight into, as parents, how we should begin to empower ourselves to move forward during this time of uncertainty. So at this time, I'm going to give Deborah the floor to introduce herself before we dive into the interview. Hi, Lachelle. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. So I have a big picture dream. I have my background is I currently live in San Diego with my adult chronically ill daughter. And we moved out here 18 months ago from New York City. Mm -hmm. But my background starting back in high school, um, I have always been fascinated and care deeply about education. Um, and I've always been interested in alternatives to education and getting a better education. And I was unbelievably lucky and privileged to grow up in one of the best public school systems in the United States in suburban New York. Uh -huh. um, but even there, there was a lot that needed fixing, I thought, even when I was very young. Uh -huh. Um, and these days I have a very big, um, picture dream of what I want to do. Um, and if you ask me about that in a few minutes, I'll actually read you what I've written, which awesome. I have realized over the last couple of months has, it's almost turned into a kind of free verse poem, mm. um, describing what I want to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, but right now. I'm interested in helping families because so many people just got dumped 
with no notice into your child is about to start being educated at home and we're going to do our best, which wasn't very good quite often, mm -hmm. uh, to supply a curriculum and an education from the school that they were in, whether it was, you know, the worst, poorest, struggling public school or the best expensive private school or just a good public school system. Everybody got, you know, sideswiped. Mm -hmm. They got slapped in the face with this. Mm -hmm. Nobody was ready. Um, mm -hmm. And that's what I want to help people with right now. Awesome. Well, you know, this is really a good topic right now because um, many parents, you know, one, they're just so stressed and have a lot of anxiety about the situation because they're working from home. Now they have to teach from home. Recreation was at home. Everything was at home. And for people who didn't have any uh, systems in place, that's the first thing. You know, what kind of routine should they have? Even though you, you have in your mind, kids go to school from this time to that time. I work from this time to that time. But when everything is kind of dumped in your lap at the same time, that makes it harder to kind of identify what's a priority. You know, how do I make some kind of order out of this chaos? So the first thing I would say is, you know, let's just dive into the curriculum thing because, you know, as parents, when you have e-learning, you know, how do you kind of make sense of what the kids are supposed to be doing, what should be their daily routine, and, you know, you have all these subjects, what advice would you give a parent who is in that space, you know, many of them have already gotten past this, but for some, they're going to be entering into this e-learning in the fall, depending on what the schools are saying, if they're going to open or not. So for them to get a head start, how would you uh, advise them to get started with this e-learning uh, with their students? Um, so if you're going to talk about curriculum and doing it, um, mm -hmm. the first thing you need to do is understand whether or not you actually have access, okay? Mm. So all over the country, people rich, middle, even a lot who are poor have access to, you know, good internet bandwidth, but there's a percentage of people that don't for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. So one of the issues here is the most at-risk populations, the people who are in transition or homeless, or sometimes they're actually quite affluent, but they're living someplace where there's lousy internet connection, mm -hmm. you know, for whatever reason, there is a percentage of the population that doesn't have access to online curriculums. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things that I think is really important is understanding that, you know, you take a deep breath. Education, as we all know, didn't actually happen online. Um, officially, it didn't happen online four or five months ago. It was supposedly happening in schools. Now, some of what's happening with COVID that's really interesting is it's fast tracking the changes that were already coming. Mm. Okay. Okay. But if you think about just all the changes that have happened in shopping mm -hmm. in the last five years. 
those same changes are happening in education. We just haven't been paying attention or noticing them so much. Mm. And visionary school people have, um, and a lot of them have been sticking their heads in the sand. Maybe I can retire before I have to deal with this. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So to really specifically answer your question, what I'm going to say to everybody is forget online. If you want to just, and I, for me, this is not the answer, but it's like, if you want to feel more confident inside, if you want to be able to help your kids, if you want to have some guidance so you don't feel like you're just drowning in a flood that's come through, mm -hmm. there is a fabulous series of books. They are available um, at almost any library. They are definitely available in bookstores and online. And they are by a man named E.D. Hirsch. Okay. H-I-R-S-C-H. Okay. Um, he is the father of what's known as cultural literacy. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he published a series of books um, called, I want to get the right title for you, um, which I'm not seeing right now. Give me one quick second. What? Yeah, they're, I call them the needs to know books. So okay. it's what you're your kindergartner should know what your first grader needs to know, what your mm -hmm. second grader needs to know. Mm -hmm. um, and they go through sixth grade. Mm -hmm. By the way, if you get these books and you can buy them used mm -hmm. um, from a website called ABE Books, it is the world's largest conglomeration of used booksellers. Okay. And I do have one word of warning. Hmm. please make note where the books are being shipped from because <clears throat> there's nothing like buying a book for three bucks and paying $18 in shipping from New Zealand. Oh yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <That's the truth. clears throat> a lot, of, a lot of them ship for free. <clears throat> they wrap it up into the price, but, but I have been burned just once or twice by accidentally, okay. you know, <laughs> getting a book that I paid 10 times for shipping what I was paying for the book. Right. Um, but these books are fabulous. Any mm -hmm. parent who can read can use these books to as a as a guide mm -hmm. to their kids' education and a I'm, good education, one that will make their children competitive in a very tough world. I love that, and you know, I, th we're back to actually empowering the parents because, just as you said, you know, some of them feel like they're drowning. And let's also uh, take the approach where if the um, learning is pretty much handled by the school district and they are feeling that they may be at a deficit about, you know, um, Internet access and things like that, what questions should a parent be asking of the school district in order to facilitate them getting their needs met you know uh... okay asking anything of your local school district right now mm -hmm. is a little bit like having a really bad cold and going to the emergency room and discovering that the hospital is on fire mm. 
<laughs> That's a good analogy. <laughs> the schools are in worse shape than you are. Mm. One of the more interesting things I read last week mm-hmm. was school districts that have been, you know, are trying to be calm and orderly and figure out how they're going to do this. Are we going to do two hours a day or two mm-hmm. days a week or you know, we're in a nice climate like Southern California. We're just going to run classes outside in giant, you know, learning circles. Mm-hmm. And somebody said, what about getting the kids to school? What about the buses? Right. And it's like everybody collapsed in, in a panic because mm-hmm. that's that's an even worse logistical nightmare for most school districts Definitely. than just setting up the educational side of things mm-hmm. and the safety side. I mean, it's, this is, this is sit tight if you need to on a weekly or biweekly basis, send an email, make a phone call to your schools, but understand they're putting out fires for thousands of kids in a sense, mm-hmm. and you're trying to take care of your kid. So Mm -hmm. I'm actually, I am going to have a free five-day challenge Mm -hmm. from Tuesday, July 28th through Saturday, August 1st. And Mm -hmm. that challenge is going to be called, Could Homeschooling Be be the Right Choice for My Family? And here's what I want people to understand. I am not recommending that you become a homeschooling family. In other words, this is not what the schools were doing, where you're basically babysitting your kid while they're connected to remote education. Mm -hmm. This is actually taking control of your child's education. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying that's a good idea for everybody or even a lot of families. But thinking it through, going through the process of thinking about that empowers families to take control of their child's education. And I want to say something that I think is self-evident. I think everybody knows, but sometimes when the education machine gets very loud, the formal public school, even private school education machine, they tell you we are the professionals. We are the experts. Mm-hmm. Trust us. And what I'm going to say, which you probably know in your hearts, but I'm going to say this very, very clearly. This is your child. Mm-hmm. You know them better than anybody else. Mm-hmm. You are their greatest advocate. Mm-hmm. Do not let anybody know education professional, no doctor, no anybody, ride roughshod over you and try to persuade you that they know better than you do mm-hmm. or that mm-hmm. they know your child better. These are There are wonderful, knowledgeable professionals out there in the world, mm-hmm. teachers and doctors and lawyers and, and all, but this is your child. Mm-hmm. God structured the world in such a way that for most children, they have a protector and an advocate and someone who truly knows them and has their best interests at heart. Mm -hmm. And we as a society need to take care of the kids who don't have that. We need to help the parents who can't be that for their children. But most families 
I think, are structured in such a way that the role of a parent is to pass on their principles, their values, their beliefs, and to raise their children in the best way they know how, and mm-hmm. to each of them protect their children. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, yeah, that's my soapbox. I think I sound that's like good. I really care because I, I, I do. <laughs> yeah, I, I really appreciate that because, you know, and also based on the information age that we're in with this information overload, I think sometimes we can get um, distracted over issues that really are not that important. So even when it comes to, you know, what our children should be learning, you know, in at each grade level, you know, you can check within your state guidelines, you know, these type of answers are posted everywhere. And I think sometimes we just, when things happen out of our control, we forget how much control we actually have, because it's just a matter of doing some research and finding out. And also the uh, aspect that you know, parents can collaborate with other parents, you know, you could, oh, yes, you know what I mean? You can create some kind of co-op, even if it's just for weekly meetings. Hey, you know, I was struggling with time management or whatever, you know, just to have a dialogue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, let me say something. So when I talk about homeschooling with people, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of myths and misperceptions. Mm hmm. And I think the two biggest ones for me are, but what about socialization? And I'm like, socialization, you mean age-segregated social situations that are a breeding ground for bullying and exclusionary behavior? And we ain't talking race. We're talking mean girls. We're talking Mm -hmm. kids who are more mature or less mature. So they never Mm -hmm. fit in. Um, I I mean, socialization in schools is something, honestly, that frightens me and raises the hairs on the back of my neck. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It has Mm -hmm. always been a big issue for me. Mm -hmm. And so, well, but what about the kids who are so isolated at home, which brings up the other thing and and the socialization one, which is nobody has ever said, neither state legal guidelines in most cases, nor anybody you talk to who is in the homeschooling world, that you have to do your homeschooling in isolation. Mm -hmm. So, what my experience has been is most of the homeschooling kids I know are better socialized mm-hmm. than kids trapped in age segregated schools mm-hmm. because they know how to talk to and deal with kids who are younger than they are, kids who are older than they are, and the one I love best, adults, mm-hmm. because they interact with them all the time. Mm-hmm. And how do they interact with them all the time? Because whether you create an educational cooperative with other homeschoolers, you know, where you actually share the educational burdens, what a huge number of homeschoolers do is they may manage and provide the academic side of education to their kids, but they band with other homeschoolers Mm -hmm. um, 
for social and recreational activities. Mm -hmm. So you'll get a group of homeschoolers in a town who may range from, I have a rigid Christian curriculum that my kids are doing. I mean, I don't deviate much at all. They tell me every step of the way and I follow it to some parent who is an unschooler Mm -hmm. who does child directed education and they just respond to anything their child shows an interest in. Okay. Mm -hmm. But they'll all get together and make a deal with the guy who owns the local indoor skating facility Mm-hmm. And Thursday afternoons for two hours, this enormously diverse group of parents and kids show up, get an incredible deal on the rink because nobody else is using it at that time and provide mm-hmm. some additional business for the guy who owns it. And they all skate together on Thursday afternoons for a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. So it's a much more exciting and diverse world than I think a lot of people think that it may be. Mm-hmm. And The process of thinking through, and Lachelle, I actually have a sheet that's 80% finished that would have been finished if we had met when we originally planned to, (laughs) Um, on here's a checklist if you've ever even had the thought of homeschooling float through your mind. Here's Mm -hmm. a checklist of things you need to think about if you want to consider it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll make that available to you later today. So okay. if you want to share it with, with people, you can. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the trick. Once you've started thinking about that, once you've th- started seeing all the resources that are available, as a parent, you typically become empowered that, again, you don't let the education establishment ride roughshod over you. You become, Mm -hmm. even if your kids go back to public school, Mm -hmm. you become a better advocate for your child. Yeah. And you can take a subject that either you always wanted to learn and never mastered or something that your kid has an interest in and you can intentionally create an education curriculum and work for them outside of the schools. Mm-hmm. That's what I did. Mm-hmm. I was a single parent. Mm-hmm. I did not have the ability to take enough. And my daughter was educated before the internet. So who knows these days, maybe I'd have an internet business and have the time. Right. Um, but so that's the other thing. All you parents who dream of being entrepreneurs and independent business people and having something that's significantly virtual and computer-based because you want flexibility and control and time with your family, Mm -hmm. you can do the same thing for your child educationally. Yeah. Um, But I, what I did is I picked certain topics and each year I studied them in depth with my daughter, mm-hmm. side by side with her regular public schooling. Mm-hmm. And it was fascinating for both of us. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was so I learned a huge amount. She learned a huge amount. She learned how to explore a topic in depth. Right. You know. And it made her, her annual research report at school was, uh, 
way beyond anything the other kids were submitting because it was a professionally collaborative effort on, you know, with me leading the way, but both of us contributing to the work. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And I think that's really good to get people started because if you look at it as you are supplementing with uh, the public schools, then that takes some of the intimidation behind it. You know, you're not responsible for everything and you're able to thrive because you're choosing what your child is motivated with and what they're excited about and it makes that process that much easier and as you master that you may decide hey I'm going to add a couple more topics or you mm-hmm. know you uh, meet people along the way that can help supplement in other areas and before you know it you're homeschooling so I think that is um, amazing now yeah. um, what uh, tips would you share with parents because I think one of the major sources of overwhelm is managing their um, work with the kids' work and everything else that they have to do in the household. What are some tips that you could give them for time management and establishing structure in the day? So the the hard first step, mm-hmm. and it's harder right now, is the same thing you hear from every coach Every religious leader, everybody, I'm sure they hear it from you all the time, Lachelle, is mm-hmm. you got to find a few minutes to take a deep breath and step back and look at the situation. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just hard when you're even more overwhelmed than normal. Mm-hmm. But the reality is without that moment of... there's a calm place to look at everything. Mm -hmm. You're you're, going to be bouncing around kind of like a pinball. Mm -hmm. Um, There is one other thing that I can tell parents that might make them feel a little better. Mm -hmm. So another thing I mentioned to people, you know, would you like to consider homeschooling? And the reaction is, I don't have six hours a day Mm -hmm. to focus on the kid's education. You know, I mean, oh, I would love to, but I'm I'm working or I've got 15 kids or, you know, <laughs> got three kids. You know, what, have you lost your mind? When am I going to find six hours to put toward their education? Here's what you need to know. As far as the academics and to me, education, there's this difference between education and schooling. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start to separate that right now. Okay. Your kids are in school, give or take, six hours a day. Mm -hmm. The amount of time spent actually receiving an academic education, learning content, improving your reading skills, doing math and learning more, is about two hours a day. Mm -hmm. And all you have to do is take a breath and think, okay, how long does it take the kids to get organized in the morning? How long do they spend walking from one class to another? How long do they spend on lunch, recess, non-academic classes, you know, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And suddenly that two hours doesn't seem like, you know, that woman is crazy. What is she talking about? It's like, oh, yeah. 
And it, this is the same kind of thing where somebody says, I want you to analyze your work day. You know, mm-hmm. how much time are you really putting into growing your business, doing your job? You know, well, how much time are you in meetings and walking back and forth and right. doing Driving. junk work? And yeah, you know, mm-hmm. oh, oh, wow, I do two really good hours a day at making my job more productive, whether I'm sitting in an office, pumping gas, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, building my own business. So the kids are only spending about two hours a day mm-hmm. focused on academics. Mm-hmm. And everything else is not necessarily optional, but intensely flexible. Right. So if you're going, oh, my God, how can I help my kid? How Take a breath, kids, mm-hmm. parents. <laughs> We're mm-hmm. talking an average of two hours a day. Mm-hmm. The other thing I want to say to parents of kids and especially elementary age kids, okay, there, there's different issues uh, for the high school kids, for kids who are in sports programs, for kids who are in a college prep track. Um, But for elementary kids, I want you to look at your child Mm -hmm. and start thinking about in two to six weeks, whenever your schools are supposed to reopen, what is my kid's personality? How will they respond to an environment where they have school one day, they don't have school the next day, they have school one day, they don't have school the next day. Um, they're getting a significant degree of their education, sitting in front of a computer, looking at a screen. Um, they can't read yet. Remember, you know, so that's a big issue for a lot of these kids in lower elementary school. Um, they probably use the computer better than you do, but they can't read yet. So that's that funny. (laughs) This is the new world, (laughs) but, um, how are they going to respond where they can't touch a classmate? where they get, you get called and they get tossed out of school instantly because they sneezed. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's a bunch of emotional and psychological stuff that the way they're talking about setting up the schools this fall, I know there are a lot of children that if I were their parent, I don't want them in that situation. Mm -hmm. I think it would be too stressful emotionally and psychologically, Mm -hmm. not including the fact that as difficult as it may be for me to figure out as a working parent, how am I going to juggle this stuff? If every day is the same, it's also easier for me than if every other day is different. And that's, that is one of the models they're talking about. Mm -hmm. So, um, Uh, And I apologize because I think in this way I'm adding to the overwhelm, (laughs) but I think you need to spend a few minutes, you know, my shy first grader, second grader, kid going into kindergarten, Mm -hmm. how are they going to respond to, I have to do this, then I don't do this, then I have to do this, then I don't do this. Mm -hmm. Now. I've heard parents say, oh, I think actually my kid will be better off with a day in school and a day of downtime. Mm -hmm. If they know their kids, that's great. This is a better Mm -hmm. schedule for them. Mm -hmm. 
But for some of the kids, you know, it, it's a little bit like some kids um, do well when they have, you know, they're children of a divorce and it's a relatively equal shared custody situation. Right. They don't really have what's home, but they do know they have two homes mm-hmm. um, and they're OK. And then there are other kids that that's just damaging right. or stressful. So mm-hmm. this is the kind of thing that you're going to need to think about this fall. And of course, there's the added frustration, but we don't know what the schools are doing. They haven't told us. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, my heart goes out to the parents. Yeah, um, I mean, you bring up some good points because I think a lot of times when people make decisions, you know, a lot of these uh, topics and, uh, well, consequences, so to speak, are left out. You know, you just like you said, they wanted to do the outside learning and then forgot about the buses, how the kids are going to get transported. So there's so many different variables that some people do not consider. I mean, let's just even say, for example, you know, you have one child in seven classrooms that ends up coming down being sick. Well, where are you going to mm-hmm. put those kids? Who's going to watch them? You know, what what are going to be their symptoms? Are, are you going to put some that are not symptomatic with certain things in one area? I mean, how are you going to do all that? Who's going to even... I mean, are they going to... Yeah, are they going to run bi-weekly COVID tests on every person in the building? Right. Or are they going to, yeah, and my thing is, are they going to walk through and make sure that uh, guidelines are being followed? You know, are you going to see your districts going over and making sure that that's taking place? Okay, here's yeah. a crazy one for you. Hmm. How many schools have to do fire drills for legitimate, legal, and safety reasons? Yeah, that's true. Okay, explain a socially distanced fire drill to me. Yeah, that's true, too. I, 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 mm-hmm. I like to think that part of what I offer people when they ask for my advice is that I'm practical. Mm-hmm. But if the devil is in the details, children, those mm-hmm. demons are having the summer fest of their lives around us right mm-hmm. now because mm-hmm. there are so many details. Mm-hmm. And so... Take a breath as a parent, sort of retreat inward, think of a protective mm-hmm. shell around you and your family. You mm-hmm. can do this. Yeah. But your job is not to solve everything. Right. Your job is to keep your own stress level mm-hmm. managed enough so it doesn't overflow onto your family, your spouse, mm-hmm. and your kids. Mm-hmm. And to look at your children to know that you know them. Right. And then to just go, you know, nothing is permanent or very few things are permanent. Very few things are irredeemable or unfixable. Mm-hmm. Think about one or two things in your life that you learned fast, either because you loved the topic or you needed to learn it. Mm-hmm. You know, how to ride a bicycle, how to drive, mm-hmm. the words to your favorite song. Okay. Mm-hmm. Even a year or two of disrupted education mm-hmm. does not mean that your kids are scarred academically for life. They're not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Look at the things they learn that they want to learn fast. Mm-hmm. They don't need four years to learn fractions. Right. You can sit down with them. 
you can hire the smart here's okay resources Mm-hmm. Do not underestimate local college students and smart high school kids. Mm-hmm. As someone who has made a career out of being the expert in a series of subjects, I'm about to reveal the ugly truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very often, I am only two steps ahead of my clients. Amen. So, everybody, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but we don't tell them. Well, some of us are one step, right? (laughs) Yes. So you're doing good. Hey, you you were a high flyer. You're going two steps. (laughs) You you and I are breaking the rules. You know, we're showing them how the magic works. Um, (laughs) But it's true. Mm -hmm. And just think of the difference between a high school kid Mm -hmm. and your 11-year-old. Right. That high school kid to the 11-year-old is a giant, an Mm -hmm. expert, incredibly knowledgeable. Take advantage Mm of that. Mm -hmm. All those Mm -hmm. high school kids who who can't get internships, Mm -hmm. hey, we can make use of that this summer. Right. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. and into the fall. When Mm -hmm. I was a broke, single parent. Mm-hmm. with a child who could not read at grade level mm-hmm. and i knew i could not afford an expensive reading specialist mm-hmm. and even if i could what would i be paying for one hour a week right i found and then interviewed several high school kids mm-hmm. who thought about becoming teachers and i've hired one of them I found out what babysitters got paid where I was living. Mm-hmm. And then I paid this kid 20% more than a babysitter would get paid. Mm-hmm. And they came in three times a week for an hour. Mm-hmm. And they sat with my daughter and I picked, I picked the books. Um, but you could do this in a lot of ways or you, and if you get the wrong one, it doesn't matter. You just pick a different one. And what they would do is the student tutor would read two paragraphs of the book. And then my daughter would read the third paragraph and they'd help her read it so that she got practice reading. But one of the problems with kids who are learning to read and struggling Mm -hmm. is there's no flow. They don't, you know, by the time they've gotten to the end of the paragraph they struggled with, mm-hmm. th- they don't know what the story was. They don't understand mm-hmm. the content. So this was two thirds to three quarters was this other person reading to my child. And then she would do every third or fourth paragraph. Mm-hmm. And she's sitting right next to some grown up kid, you know, mm-hmm. feeling grown up herself and getting all this attention and support. and. 18 months later, she was reading four grade levels above mm-hmm. her grade level. Mm-hmm. You know, she was getting a little bit of extra reading help in school. But, you know, but I think it's that time, that three yeah. hours every week yeah. and affordable to me as a working parent, mm-hmm. you know, for less than the price of one hour of an expensive reading expert, if I you can even that. find one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. so. And, that's and I recommended I... this. Yeah, I recommended the same thing to a friend of mine who had a daughter who was 
really interested in basketball. Mm-hmm. And she said, I want her to get some. I said, find a high school kid on the basketball team mm-hmm. and have them shoot hoops with her for six hours a week. And mm-hmm. that girl went on to um, University of Connecticut and was wow. on their basketball team. Mm-hmm. That, so there's that a, is good. That's some yeah, good thinking right there. There's an mm-hmm. untapped resource right on your doorstep. Mm-hmm. unless you live totally out in the boonies that most parents mm-hmm. don't because they, you know, but a high school student isn't expert. Well, they're probably expert at something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You want to keep your just love to get dirty and greasy and yucky boys busy. Get the oldest VW at the dump and set up a club. Six mm-hmm. young boys and three high school age boys and tell them to rebuild the VW. All the parents mm-hmm. will chip in 20 bucks a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. So those are some great ideas because I think, um, you know, a lot of times we don't see the forest for the trees. So mm-hmm. when you think about how you're going to accomplish this, you know, the opportunities and start brainstorming. There are so many different ways that you could um, enhance the education. I love that whole thing about even the skating rink. You know, if Mm -hmm. you have social distancing, you know, that's a very uh, important um, type of negotiation because a lot of these businesses that are used to accumulating a lot of sales with a lot of group ticket sales, you know, mm-hmm. that would be very attractive for them because their buildings are sitting empty any other yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. So that those are some great ideas. So what is the best way for the audience to get a hold of you? Um, okay. On Facebook, okay. probably right now. I am setting up a new website. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to give everybody an email address. Okay. And tell you on Facebook, I am, I am Deborah, D-E-B-O-R-A-H, initial K, mm-hmm. Cunningham. Okay. okay. Um, and you can reach me by email at intentionaltraditions at gmail.com. Okay. Um, and anybody who reaches me through any of those, those ways, and I will um, have this pdf to you that you can share with people lachelle um mm-hmm. i will be doing this free five-day challenge uh, about an hour a day it'll be recorded it'll mm-hmm. be on a facebook live so if you can't make the sessions you can just look at the recording um mm-hmm. i'll be basically educating parents on just how many education options are out there that mm-hmm. they may not have known about um there'll be a little bit of homework if they want to do it so that they can start thinking through this process themselves. Um, And I will be hopefully debunking myths about homeschooling and sharing some of the benefits and the drawbacks so that people can think about that. But I'll also be talking about all the other options that are out there, you know, Mm -hmm. including I, I want my kid in a school even now, but I don't like the one I'm in what are ways I can look at changing schools? You know, what are some of the options? Um, so yeah, intentional traditions at gmail.com. Deborah K Cunningham on Facebook. Um, 
And the, that challenge is going to be July tw- Tuesday, July 28th through okay. Saturday, um, August 1st. Awesome. And what final words do you want to leave with everybody? Take a breath. Pat yourself on the back. Mm-hmm. You're doing the best job you can. And here's the really good news. About a 95% chance it's good enough. And it may be way better than that. You are the best advocate you can be for your children. That you love them to the best of your ability is enough. And that if you think of yourselves as a family moving together, that's, that's what matters. You know something? Mm. Lachelle, I'm going to take this, this close to read my little thing about yeah. what I want for families. Yes. So I help families of all types become fiercely intentional about knowing who they are, where they come from, and where they're going. And they are empowered to honor and create family traditions, rituals, and stories that reinforce family bonding and identity, encourage resilience, and make possible legacies that last across generations. You, if, yeah, that's, and that's, and everybody can do that. And you can do it in fun baby steps. Yeah. And right now, the biggie is probably, what am I doing about their education? So that's where I am right now. That is so awesome. That is just totally beautiful. I love that, you know, and um, I like the idea, too, for us to remember that, you know, we're not alone. You know, Mm -hmm. there's support that's out there for us. You know, if you know what you want, you can find the people and the uh environments that you can thrive in what it is you're working towards so that is just beautiful well we We live in the most resource rich world ever in the history of humanity right now absolutely i totally agree and you're one of them (laughs) well thank you thank you well i really appreciate you coming on today this is a great topic and we definitely probably will have to have you back because you know as school starts there could be other you know, topics that we could dive into when it comes to being a, a youth advocate, being mm-hmm. a parent or counselors or different things like that. You know, there's always room for more insightful conversations and information. So I appreciate you sharing today. Thank okay. you so much for having you, me on. I appreciate you, it. You are welcome. And uh, we will be in, in contact. Okay. You got it. Thank All you, right. Lachelle. All right. You have a wonderful day. You too. Bye. Thank you for joining me on this episode. I really enjoy providing content that inspires and challenges us to be a better version of ourselves. If you are interested in being a guest on the show, please email me at info at LachelleAdkins.com. You can also reach out to me on Facebook LinkedIn, Instagram, Pinterest, or my YouTube channel. If there was something in this episode that resonated with you, it it probably will resonate with someone else. So please share it. It's free. It doesn't cost anything. But those aha moments 
those moments of really getting something and changing your perspective are very, very pivotal in having people um, change the trajectory of their lives. And so being able to share insightful information so that other people can grow is the easiest thing that we can do as we pay it forward. So again, I want to thank you all for listening. And if you have time, write out a review. Go to iTunes, Anchor, uh, wherever you can um, find this podcast on any of those platforms and write a review about um, what impact this episode uh, had on you, what you learned or whatever. Um, Any feedback is great because it just helps me to understand what content is really beneficial for those that are listening. So again, I want to thank you all for your support and taking the time to spend some time with me and my guests. And I wish you a wonderful day. Thanks for listening.